This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. behind a string of masks and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's transcribed episode of the Fox feature, The Blue Beetles, is entitled The Dancing Ghosts of Rocky Hills. Perched high on a rocky crag overlooking the ocean, not many miles from York City, sits Gray Crag's Manor. Surrounded by high stone walls, the large house dominates an estate of some 300 acres in Rocky Hills, East Chester County. Residents of Rocky Hills say the place is haunted. Some claim to have seen, from a distance on moonlight nights, the shadowy figures of dancers in the ballroom of the East Wing of the manor. As our story opens today, patrolman Dan Garrett, who is really the Blue Beetle, little realizes that his next adventure will take him to Gray Crag's manor. He is talking with his friend, Dr. Franz, in the little apothecary shop. Uh, Danny, uh, here's a name that I clipped out of the personal column of the Chronicle this morning. Mm. Addressed to the Blue Beetle. Mm, I thought you'd be interested. <laughs> Somebody's kidding the Blue Beetle. You think so? <laughs> now, listen. Attention, Blue Beetle. Little Miss Muppet sat on a tuffet, eating her curds and whey. Along came a spider and sat down beside her and scared the poor girl away. Why should anyone address nursery rhyme to me? Uh, there's a secret message in cipher concealed in that nursery rhyme. Are you serious, Doc? Yes. I deciphered it just before you came in. Oh, what's the message, Doc? How were you able to solve it? Well, the difference in size of type used throughout the rhyme gave me a clue. The young lady has evidently been reading Francis Bacon. Young lady? Yes, young lady. <laughs> well, this begins to look like a romantic adventure. What makes you think she's been reading Francis Bacon? Uh, he used to write many of his plays and poems in cipher similar to this. That's very interesting. What method did you evolve from this nursery, doggerel, Doc? Well, here it is, deciphered. Young heiress in dire distress. Only Blue Beetle can help. Come along, midnight, 
Great Craig's Manor. Urgent. Great Craig's Manor. That's out at Rocky Hill. Yes. The place is supposed to be haunted. Uh, sounds like a trap for the Blue Beetle. But it's certainly intriguing. Yes, isn't it? I think I'll take a run out there now and look the place over by daylight. Oh, why don't you? Uh, but be careful, Danny. That section used to be infested with bootleggers and rum runners during Prohibition. It's along the seashore. Lots of coves and inlets with rocky cliffs overhanging sea. Sounds interesting. Are you planning on taking Officer Mannigan with you? Oh, poor Mike's laid up with a bad case of poison ivy. Uh, it's tough on Mike. Yes, the old war horse is camping at the bit. I'm going to drop by and see him. Well, tell him I hope he'll be back on the job again soon. I will. Goodbye, Doc. See you later. Check the roll, buddy. No, I have plenty of oil, thanks. What do I owe you? Up, folks. There you are. Oh, thanks. By the way, uh... We live in that old mansion up on the hill, overlooking the ocean there. Mostly ghosts, buddy. Well, tell me you believe in ghosts. Well, I don't know. Some folks in the village here claim to have heard music and seen figures dancing in the ballroom as they walked along the road. Hasn't anyone visited the place? Nobody around here. There's a guy with a trump foot on guard at the entrance to the estate. Uh, sort of a caretaker. He don't let nobody in. Doesn't anybody live in the manor house? Yeah, there's a young girl, Rosalie Greenhall, and her aunt just moved in. She inherited the place of her. Yeah, that's so. How, uh, how recently did they move in? About a week ago. Ever see them? Sure. They drive by here every day in an old-fashioned carriage drawn by a couple of swell-looking horses. Who drives them? An old man in an old-fashioned coachman's uniform. You sure they're not all ghosts? Oh, sure, I'm sure. Well, Joe Dickby on the car there sells him groceries and things. He says the coachman does all the ordering. The girl and her aunt don't talk to nobody. They're kind of snooty, Joe says. Oh, that's very interesting. I've got to get along. Ghost or no ghost, a fellow got to make a living. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Well, it's a law, buddy, and stay away from Horner House. Shots of the house in the ocean. Ain't no one allowed on the grounds. Owner's orders. No. Well, uh, you suppose if I phoned up to the house from your lodge there, the owners would give me permission to take some pictures? Ain't got no phone. Uh huh. What are those uh, wires running up the road there? Them? Uh, why, them's electric light wires. I see. Well, thanks for the information. Oh, excuse me, stranger. My my alarm clock's going off. Must have said it wrong this morning. Hello. That you, Clubfoot? This is Blackie. What's that? Some guy wanted to take pictures of the place. Wasn't a harness wall, was it? No. All right. Now listen. The girl got a message out to the Blue Beetle somehow. The old man's lawyer saw it in the newspaper. Be on the lookout for the Blue Beetle. For the spider wise too. Okay. So tomorrow, Spider's taking a suitcase of the queer over to Mac at Hastings. When he takes the girl, they're out for a drive. Right. Take care of things. 
Goodbye. Who are the 
people who have made Gray Crag's manor their headquarters. Can the Blue Beetle extricate himself and solve the mystery of the dancing ghosts of Rocky Hills? These questions will be dramatically answered in the next transcribed episode of The Blue Beetle. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! Full of exclusive loot, fun surprises, and delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! Uh-huh. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's transcribed episode of the box feature, The Blue Beetle, is the second part of the story entitled The Dancing Ghosts of Rocky Hill. In the previous episode, The Blue Beetle, through the personal column of the Chronicle, receives a call for aid from the new heiress at haunted Grey Crags Manor at Rocky Hill. Rumor has it that on moonlit nights, ghostly figures dance in the ballroom of Grey Crags Manor. The heiress, a young girl, Rosalie Greenhold, and her maiden aunt, are closely guarded by two persons, a man called Spider, who serves as coachman, and a man with a club foot who claims to have been gatekeeper for the late owner, Nathaniel Greenhold. Entering the manor at midnight, the Blue Beetle talked secretly with Rosalie Greenhold. As the episode ended, the Blue Beetle was investigating the dancing ghost phenomenon when a trap door suddenly opened in front of him and he was catapulted into a deep dungeon. As our story opens today, a Mr. Jasper, attorney for the estate, is talking with Blackie, whom the police suspect of being a desperate criminal. Hello, Blackie. Suppose you let me handle this situation. After all, I'm the attorney for old man Greenhold's estate and sole executor of the will. But the girl, Jasper. The girl. 
She'll have the cops on her neck. I can handle her. Uh, something's got to be done to keep her quiet. After all, she got a message through to the Blue Beagle. And, and he's lying at the bottom of the pit where pirates used to throw their victims. But is he dead? All the chances are his neck's broken, thanks to the spider. I suppose he ain't dead or injured. Well, he's securely locked in. Double locks and an iron door. Well, I'll feel better if I went out and had a look for myself. Well, that's all right, but uh, do it under cover of darkness. What about the girl? I'll take a message from the Blue Beetle and see that she gets it. She'll think he escaped and is coming back. That'll keep her quiet for a few days until you can move your plates and presses to some other location. They've been there long enough. The place is getting hot. Someone's going to get wise to those phony ghosts and start investigating. Mm, that's right. But by the terms of Nathaniel Greenhold's will, his niece, Rosalie, must live at the manor until she's 21. And if she don't, then the whole estate, including a fortune in stocks and bonds, goes to charity. If you as executor of the estate, it'll be slim pickings for charity. I see. We understand each other. You've shared your counterfeiting profits with me. I'll share the estate with you. You get your counterfeiting equipment away from there, and we'll put on a haunted house campaign that will scare Rosalie Greenhold and her old maid aunt clear out of the state. Now, just one key left to try. None of the others will fit. I landed on my feet in this pit. No. The Blue Beetle's free of his prison. But no one heard me. I'd like to catch whoever's running this show off guard. There's a door. I'll try that. Stone stairway. The light at the top of it. Well, here goes. Blackie's taking an awful chance keeping this place as headquarters. Yeah. It was okay for turning out this kind of dough until that dame came to live here. Them dancers upstairs throwing shadows on the windows sure scared folks away from this place. Here. File these bills in the suitcase with the others. Okay. Well, I'll take it. It's probably crossed for down the gate. Hello? Yeah, Spider's here. Just a minute. That's for you, Spider. Yeah. Hello? What? Blackie says dismantled the press? Yes, yes. What? Good, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, I got you. Huh? Deliver the fake Dory knee to the laundry in Hastings when I take the girl and her aunt for a drive in the morning. So that's how it's done. Goodbye. Well, the Blue Beetle will spoil that little game. First, I'll have a look upstairs and see what makes the ghosts dance. Well, I took your aunt's place on the drive this morning because I wanted to have a talk with you, Rosalie. What about I don't think you trust me, my dear. Why should I? I'm not permitted to have friends at the manor nor to visit outside places alone. Those were your uncle's orders, Rosalie. After all, he wanted to protect you from fortune-hunting men and social parasites who might take advantage of your trusting nature when you came into your fortune. But, but what about all those strange goings on at the manor? Why... Last night, something terrible happened at... Well, what, what about last night? What happened? Oh, I... 
I shouldn't have said anything. Now, is there something you've been keeping from me, Rosalie? After all, your uncle trusted me. Why shouldn't you? Well, last night, the blue beetle... The blue beetle? Why, now, that's very interesting, because I clipped this out of the paper this morning. You may be the Rosalie this was addressed to. Here, read it. Rosalie. Had strange experience last night with ghosts, but am safe now. Advise you leave manor as soon as possible. Sign the blue beetle. Oh, I knew I was right. That terrible place. I won't stay there another night. Oh. Well, here we are at the laundry, Mr. Jasper. Shall I take the bag of wash in, sir? Yes, I'll take it in. Uh, but be sure to get a receipt, Spider. Yes, sir. Uh, just a moment there. I'd like to have a look at that bag. Now, what's the idea of this? Who are you? I'm the sheriff of East Chester County. I've had a telephone call to be on the lookout for you folks. Why, this is an outrage. We're respectable citizens. This young lady is the owner of Gray Craig's Manor, and I'm I'm her attorney. Oh, well, then you won't mind my looking into this suitcase to make sure it's full of dirty clothes and not... Slider, Slider, drive on. We'll not stand for this outrage. Touch those horses, and I'll touch this trigger. Now, have a look in that suitcase. Hmm, money, counterfeit. The Blue Beetle was right. My Blue, Blue Beetle? Yes, the Blue Beetle. He phoned me an hour ago. Mr. Jasper, what does this mean? Well, uh, why, somebody must have switched suitcases on us. Well, this is a frame-up. Oh, is that so? Well, I'd say you two are in a tough spot. Now, I, I demand to see your warrant, Sheriff. I stand on my constitutional rights. As a practicing attorney, my advice to you is... As a practicing sheriff, my advice to you, Mr. Attorney, is... Get a good lawyer. Clubfoot's on the phone, Blackie. Okay. Hello? What? The ghosts are dancing up at Clay Crags. But it's only midday. Where's Spider? All right, phone up to Slim and tell him to stop the dancers. What? What's that? Slim doesn't answer. Something's gone haywire. You lock the gate and stand guard. I'll be out there pronto. Goodbye. I wonder where Slim is. I don't know. Ain't nobody around. Well, somebody shut off the mechanism of the dancing ghosts. Yeah. We better have our gats ready. You follow me and keep your eyes open. Shadows on the windows of the old ballroom. 
Sorry I can't say for the final curtain, but I'll read about it in tomorrow's papers. The Blue Beetle's job is done. The dancing ghosts of Rocky Hills will dance no more at Gray Crag's Manor. <laughs> Another gang of criminals was rounded up and brought to justice by the Blue Beetle. But Officer Manigan couldn't make the arrest because of being laid up with poison ivy. The moral of this story is deception can never win for long. Truth will always triumph in the end. Also, as Officer Manigan would say, stay away from poison ivy. What new adventures await the Blue Beetle in his unceasing crusade against crime? This question will be answered in the next transcribed episode of The Blue Beetle. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Oh, there. 
Why don't, uh, why don't you buy an ounce, Doc, and uh, make a test? What? Huh? Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, if I found it the real thing, uh, I might be interested in doing a little business with you. Sure, Doc. Here, I'll give it to you out of this big bottle, just to prove everything's on the up and up. Yes, yes, of course. We want everything on the up and up, as you say. Uh, here, uh, pour it into this. Okay. There you are, Doc. And here, here's your money. That completes the transaction. Thanks, Doc. Well, how about you, mister? You must have a million sweethearts, a handsome fellow like you. Thanks, but uh, I can't buy any today. Some uh, other time I may run across you. Okay. Uh, thanks again, Doc. I'll be in to see you later. Remember, I can get you any brand you want. No duty, understand? Yes, yes, I understand. Perfectly. And uh, if you want imported liquor or wines, I can get them for you, too. What we Quick, Doc. Own headquarters, and I'll be down later. Tell them I'm on the trail of a smuggling racket. I want to keep my eye on this peddler. His perfume smells swell, but his racket doesn't. Now, look, Van Schmidt. You imported perfumes from Holland. But now you can get shipments through, right? Yeah, that's right. So, in order to make yourself some money, you're going to handle the goods we smuggle in from the West Indies. Oh, but that is dangerous. None of it's handled right. Now, look. You have a large supply of perfume and liquor on hand on which you pay duty, right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Too much. Okay. Now, here's the way we handle this business. I'll set up a lot of small sales agencies to market the stuff through small peddlers. Yeah. You'll go on selling to your regular customers in the regular way at regular prices. Including the duty you've paid legitimately. Oh, but, but how can I... Uh... Wait a minute till I get through. Now, every so often, the government will check on the amount you've sold. Yeah, they do that. Okay. But what they won't know is how much smuggled goods we ship into your warehouse. And how much my sales organization takes out of your warehouse. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, suppose maybe they catch one of your boats bringing in a load to my dock. From no, me. they won't. We don't land our stuff in a regular way. But, but where and how? That's my secret, Hans. But, but, but why not ship direct to your sales organization? It might be traced back to the real source. This way, only you and I will know how much of the smuggled goods go through your warehouse. Mm, but uh, what do I get for the risk and the use of my name? A cut on every bottle, every ounce that's sold. And that'll be plenty of outrages. Okay. When do we start? I've got a load hidden up the coast at least. I'll bring some down tonight. Very good. Oh, one minute, sir. Yeah. Uh, come in. Mr. Van Schmidt. Uh, that's right. Uh, are you busy? Well, I... Uh, that's uh, all right. I, I was just going. I'll see you tonight, Van Schmidt. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's right. Tonight, you call. Yes. Oh. Uh, well, uh, now, young man, you wish to speak with me? Yes, I... Uh, see, I was in a store when one of your perfume salesmen came in. He offered me some perfume at a reduced price, but... I didn't have the money at the time, so I couldn't buy any from him. But I borrowed some money later, and, well, you see, I have a date with my girl, and I thought... Well, now, how do you know he was one of my salesmen? Uh, besides, we don't sell retail. Oh. What makes you think he was one of my salesmen? Well, uh, one of the brands he carried, I understood, was imported exclusively by you. Well, I'm sorry. You will have to buy it from the stores in the regular way. We do not sell retail. Uh, good day, sir. Oh, I'm sorry, too, sir. My mistake. Good day, sir.
see you in your blue beetle chain armor and mask. Where is the blue beetle headed for tonight? The warehouse of Hans Van Schmidt. You got a clue to this smuggler? I think so. There was a man talking with Van Schmidt as I entered his office today. He said something about seeing Van Schmidt tonight. Do you think he is one of the smugglers? I don't know. But I want to be there when he visits Van Schmidt. I always thought Van Schmidt was enormous Dutch importer. I buy perfumes on him frequently. Well, I'm convinced he's mixed up in this somehow. Tonight, I hope to solve the mystery. Oh, by the way, yeah. here's an interesting item in the newspaper. Uh, sort of a mystery, too. Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, this item here. See? Hmm. Large whale sighted off Sandy Beach Light. Several fishermen reported seeing a large fish, probably a whale, left at dusk today as they were hauling in their nets. According to their story, the whale seemed to be feeding on garbage thrown overboard from the Southern Star which is entering a port from its West Indies cruise. Now, that's queer. What's queer about it? Whales don't eat garbage or refuse. That's true. I've got a hunch that wasn't a whale. Then what was it? That's the question the Blue Beetle will answer after tonight. I think the answer to our smuggling question may be in the stomach of that whale. in the viper with me. Open up. Very good. I got the stuff here. Okay, Frenchy. You and the viper unload. Okay. Sir, boss. Look out for that loading net over the door. It's heavy. It'll not get cold if it falls on you. All right, Bart. You know why I fixed that up there? Sure, Bart. If somebody comes in and cuts your hope, the net falls on you. That's right. Keep your eyes peeled. Sure, Bart. We got you. Where do you want this load put, Benjamin? Uh, put it back up those cases there. We sell this stuff in front first. Okay. Put those cases and glass bottles back there, boys. Don't break any. That's expensive stuff. Sure. Okay, boys. Okay. Come on, Baker. Take the spinning stuff out. Right. We'll need more room soon. I've got another shipment coming in tomorrow on a trawler. Well, uh, how was you expecting to bring that in? I don't expect to. Not on a trawler. Yeah, but do you... I meet her out of sight of land. Yeah, but you're fooled. The postcard may see it going out. Not this, folks. This is something special. That Coast Guard will never get wise to the... Oh, it's the Blue Beetle. It's the Blue Beetle, and he is going to nip a band of smugglers. Oh, no, he's not. I'm going to... No, 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 don't shoot. The police will come. They'll come anyhow, Hans Van Schmidt. They'll put you in jail with these smugglers here. Oh, no. I am a respectable importer. These men here have tempted me with gold. They are bad men. What's talking, Van Schmidt? You're in this as much as we are. Fancy? Don't move, any of you, or I'll burn you with my magic ray. All right, Blue Beetle. How much money to keep your mouth shut? Not a cent. You can't buy the Blue Beetle. As long as there's a crook at liberty, the Blue Beetle will be... Good work, Fancy. Knocked him cold, all right. Yes, he? Yes? No, not yet. What are you going to do with him? Keep your eyes open and you'll see. Hey, Frenchy. Yes. Open that door there on the water side. Okay, boss. All right, Piper. You and Frenchy, give me a hand here. Here. 
We'll drag Mr. Blue Beetle over to the edge and drop him in. Yeah, but that'll be murder. No. Just exterminating a pest. The Blue Beetle. All right, boys. Over he goes. Now, Mr. Blue Beetle, get out of that if you can. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor. Flexible answers, but stronger than steel. Today's transcribed episode of the Fox feature, The Blue Beagle, is the second part of a story entitled The Whale of Pirate Folly. In the previous episode, Patrolman Dan Garrett, while engaged in running down a gang of perfume smugglers, uncovers a clue which leads him to the waterfront warehouse of a Mr. Hans Van Smith for perfume. Also during the episode, he reads in the newspaper that what appear to be a large whale has been sighted off the coast. The Blue Beetle is convinced that there is some connection between the smugglers and the whale. In an effort to apprehend some of the smugglers, Dan Garrett, as the Blue Beetle, pays a midnight visit to the warehouse of Van Schmidt, where he encounters the head of the smugglers, a man named Rankin, and two thugs named Frenchy and the Viper. As the episode ended, the Blue Beetle was trapped in a net and tossed overboard. As our story opens today, we find the Blue Beetle sticking his head above water for a breath of air. Air feels good in my lungs. I don't relish the taste of that water. Lucky one end of this net caught on a spike. Try to burn my way out of this net with my magic ray. Now the blue beetle will fly again. I can't understand, Doc, why Danny hasn't been in. He usually drops in here at night, don't he? Yes, but he said something about having a date tonight. Oh, don't tell me he's got a girl, Doc. Well, he's old enough to have one. (laughs) He is a Doc. But somehow, Danny ain't much for the ladies. Now, when I was his age, oh, I... Excuse me, man. There's someone out front of me. Well, well, well. Oh, if it ain't the, the blue beetle himself. Well, yes, it, it does seem to be. I'm looking for Dan Garrett. Now, ain't that something? Well, Mr. Blue Beetle, if you would come down to police headquarters with me, I'll... Thanks, Madigan, but I'm busy. Some other time. Uh, come on, now, and no fooling. It's the law that's speaking. Put away your gun and handcuffs, Madigan. I've got important news for Garrett. There's a chance for him to catch some smugglers. Smugglers, is it? And why won't I do? Can you fly a plane? Oh, well, they've flown him some, but Danny's better. He's an expert. All right, then. When you see him, tell him to be cruising around in a plane offshore tomorrow at dusk. Tell him the Blue Beetle says to be on the lookout for a strange caller off the coast. Also to keep his eyes open for a whale. 
Franklin. I'm at the only exit left except the underground tunnel of the sea. Your little submarine is grounded now. Think so? Make one false move and see what happens. The police will be here shortly, and you and your gang of smugglers will be on your way to jail. I'll give you it. I don't like cops, and I don't like that little thing. I'm telling you. You asked for it. Here goes. That will teach you not to doubt the word of the blue people. and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!
thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Two nights ago, 
Well, I wouldn't worry. He'll probably send for his glasses in a day or so, and you'll learn to swear about it. There's one thing more. What is that? Since Father's disappearance, Linus has become more insistent that I marry him. He acts like someone who has the first hand of the situation. He's becoming unbearable. Mm. Well, why don't you go to the commissioner? He'd probably turn the city upside down to locate your father. But that's just the point. I don't want to do that. If he is all right, he'd resent such interference. Then if he isn't. Oh, I don't know what to do. I'm so worried. Oh, oh Lord, I don't... Oh, there, don't cry. I'll do what I can to help you find your dad. You run along home and I'll phone you in the morning. Oh, thank you so much. There. That's to show you how much I appreciate your help. Goodbye. Gosh, I'm glad Madigan didn't see her get me. I never hear the last of it. And where is it we're headed for this morning, Danny? The booby hatch. The booby hatch, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you reserve a single or a double room? A single. Uh, that'll be big enough for you. Is that so? And under what name did you register me? Sherlock Holmes. And I suppose you're Dr. Watson. No, no, no. Daniel Boone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're calling up on a Dr. Greer. According to Charlie Strong of the News, runs a private sanitarium for the mentally upset out of Tanglewood. Oh, you mean he runs an insane asylum? That's right. And why are we visiting Dr. Greer? We'd like to discover if he has a patient there with the name of Tilton. The banker? The same. Oh, Say, does the commissioner know about this? No, this is a private mission. Okay, Danny, I'm with you. Let's go. Morning, officer. Something wrong? One of my attendants said you wish to speak with me. But Dr. Dreer, that's right. We're not here officially, Dr. Dreer. Uh, Miss Tilson, who happens to be a friend of mine, asked me to drive out here and ask if her father was here. Yes, yes, he's here. Would you like to see him? Yes, if we might. Very well. If you'll just come with me, I'll let you talk with him. For not very long, he's very nervous and tired, on the verge of a breakdown. You realize, I'm sure, what times like these can mean to a man in his position. Quite. Then here we are. Two gentlemen to see you, Mr. Dilson. Come in. Come in. Excuse my not rising. Very tired, you know. Nerve shot. Well, that's perfectly all right. We just call at the request of your foster daughter. She was worried about you and thought you might be out here. Oh, dear Diana. Tell her not to worry. I'll be all right in time, I hope. Tell her Linus will take care of everything. He's a good boy. He'll take care of it. I'll tell her, Mr. Tilton. Uh, just one thing more. Did you write her this note? Uh, let's see. Hmm. My glasses are foggy. I see better without them. Hmm. Uh, yes, yes. I, I wrote this note. Why? Oh, she just wondered, that's all. Well, we won't disturb you any longer. I hope you recover your health and strength very quickly, Mr. Tilson. Goodbye. Goodbye, and thanks for coming. Uh, Tell Diana not to visit me until I'm... Oh, my head, oh, my head, oh. He's a very sick man. So it appears. Goodbye, and thanks. Come on, Mike. 
What do you think, Johnny? I think it's strange that a man who's supposed to be unable to read or write without his glasses takes them off to read that note. Step on it, Frank. I've got a hunch and I want to play it quickly.
Will he be able to free himself from the straitjacket and save Banker Tilson? These questions will be answered in the next transcribed episode of the Blue Beetle. <laughs> Something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! Full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box, what's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are backs just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Oh, 
No, I haven't seen it. Well, it's that strange. I won't either. Not since we got back from Dr. Fraser's tail asylum. Oh, tell me, did you find my father? Yes, we did. Did you show him my note? Yes, he read it to show Oh, did he have his glasses? Yes, but he... Hello? Hello? Oh, hello. Oh, hello, Lionel. Yes, I was telling someone about father. And what did they tell you? Well, they've seen him out of Dr. Greer's sanitarium. Oh. Diana, why don't you marry me? Let me take care of Someday I'll inherit Uncle's money and be rich. No, Linus. No, you. I'll never marry you. You may change your mind. You're upset now. I think I'll have Dr. Greer talk with you. Perhaps a little rest at the sanitarium would uh, get your thoughts in the right place. Probably, sir. Dr. Greer calling to see you. Thank you, Edward. Send me to my bed. I'll be right down. Very good, sir. Before I go, I want to warn you, young lady. If you want to save your father's life, you'd better do as I say. Good night. You think you're the blue beetle that don't talk to Yes. We caught him talking to your uncle, the real banker Wilson. Mm, that's bad. No, we'll take care of the blue beetle. Don't worry about him. What about Olsen? The actor who's impersonating Olsen. I'll take care of him also. And by the way, he'd like to have some more money on account. And so would I. You'll get it. And you'll get it when I get it. What about the meeting with the mayor's committee tomorrow? That's all arranged. You have Olsen there and made up with my uncle. You'll verify what I tell the committee. Very well. But I must be getting back to my sanitarium. It's quite late in bed. Thank you tonight. Everything's in order out there, isn't it? I believe so. Fine. Then we'll go out and run up the town. After tomorrow, our worries will be over. What is it now? I'm going to get you out of here. Good. I'll pay you well if you make it. The Blue Beetle doesn't work for money. <clears throat> you belong here, Blue Beetle. You're really crazy. Where are the guards? In the other wing trunk, apparently. One at the Tilton. Follow me. How did you get out of that cell and straitjacket? Master keys and a special 2X formula that gives me super strength and vitality. Yeah, I've locked the guards in my quarters. <laughs> What I predict they're going to have in the morning. That may be for Dr. Greer. Oh, what are you going to do? Wait here until we see if Dr. Greer can involve us. Hmm. I wonder where Greer is. He's probably in town with that no-good nephew of mine, painting the town red. I'm going to take a chance and answer that telephone. Now, that's my point. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Ah, is that Dr. Greer? Yeah, this is Gus. Yeah, Gus. Sure, everything's under control. Yeah, and you stay on town tonight. Okay. Who? Oh, the guy impersonating Tilson. Sure, I'll leave a message for him. I mean, uh, uh, tell him to come to town in the morning. Uh, Blue Beetle? Uh-huh. Say, <laughs> hey, Dr. Blue Beetle and Tilson are just where they ought to be. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. Why, well, you'd make a good actor, Blue Beetle. Well, thanks. Come on, let's get out of here. My car is hitting alongside the road about a mile from there. You make it, Mr. Tilton? Uh, I never felt better in my life. Come on. When I get back to town, we'll put those scoundrels where they belong.
Oh, here comes Weatherby now. Oh, where's Joseph? I don't know he should be here. Gentlemen, has the mayor arrived? Well, he couldn't make it. Press of official duties. No, I'm sorry. Will you be seated, please? Yes. yes. Where's your uncle, Mr. Weatherby? I want to ask your indulgence, gentlemen. Uncle Amos is a very sick man. He'll be here in just a moment for his position, Dr. Griff. Well, that's too bad. I didn't know he was ill. In the meantime, you'll get done with this. You gentlemen are a committee appointed by the mayor, I believe, to represent the city in receiving a gift of one million dollars from my uncle, to be matched by another million appropriated by the city to build a children's hospital. Yes, yes, that's right. Well, gentlemen, it is my sad duty to have to inform you that my uncle is withdrawing his office. What? What? That? Did we hear you right, young man? You did, gentlemen. My uncle feels that he has too many obligations and too many duties right now. He's on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Therefore, he is sending his affairs over to me to manage. Well, what about your authorizing this gift? Oh, gentlemen, I agree with Uncle Lady. I do not feel that his financial condition will allow such a gift to be made at present. But what the city has already appropriated its share, the land has been condemned, and the work of demolishing old tenements has been started. I'm sorry, gentlemen, but the decision is final. I demand to see Amos Tilton. Until I hear it from his own lips, I will not believe it. Just that... a moment, gentlemen. Here's Uncle Amos now. He will speak for himself. We'll return over here, please. Yes, gentlemen, what my nephew has just told you is true. I'm turning my affairs over to a younger man to handle. I want to rest and enjoy life. As soon as my nephew converts my real estate holdings and other possessions into cash, we are going away for a long trip. Heaven's peace today. I... Um, I'm not sure. Well, I'm afraid he's just fainted. If you'll have to make you some water, I'll give him a hypodemic. He's just fainted. If you'll have to make you some water, I'll give him a hypodemic. Gentlemen, I know you'll excuse me, but I must be uh, in my own. That's a very pretty scene, but it's well, who's that? It looks like it is. Amos Tilton, the real Amos Tilton. This man is an imposter. I'll call the police. Imposter, my eye, you young chickenette. You and that crooked Dr. Greer thought you could get rid of me and take over my fortune. But your plans didn't work out. Look, look there. It's the other Dutham. He's running for the door. And Dr. Greer with it. Stop us. Look there in the doorway. Who is it? Of two people. And I've come to nip three crooks. Stand where you are. Rear, Weatherly, and Oakton. Officer Manigan and his assistants will escort you to headquarters. They're on their way here now. Good work, Blue Beetle. But where's my daughter? The Blue Beetle just released me from my room where Linus locked me in. Well, he'll soon be locked in where even the Blue Beetle can't free him. Gentlemen, tell the mayor my gift to the city still stands. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you, Mr. Kent. Don't thank me. Thank the Blue Beetle. If it hadn't been for him, there'd be no children's hospital for your city. And how did you like your visit to the booby hatch, as Mannigan calls it? Oh, that's a terrible thing. What will happen to it now that Dr. Greer is in prison? Amos Tilton's going to take it over and make a real sanitarium out of it. Put a real psychiatrist at the head of it, install modern conveniences and more humane personnel. Ah, that's splendid. Uh, what about Weatherby? He's to be disinherited. Tilton's money will go to his foster daughter, Diana. Well, new people certainly straightened that situation out, but there's one thing he forgot. What? Yes, a promise he made to King Arthur. King Arthur? By who's King Arthur? One of the unfortunates of the sanitarium. Uh, where are you going, Danny? I'm going to buy King Arthur the new round table I promised him. <laughs>
work of Patrolman Dan Garrett as the Blue Beetle brought happiness to many people as well as justice to a group of dishonest men. The moral of this story is always find time to help the unfortunate. And whenever you make a promise, keep it. What further adventures await the Blue Beetle in his crusade against crime? This question will be answered in the next transcribed episode of The Blue Beetle. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Besides your blue beetle chain armor and mask and the chin.
change of clue. That portable radio locator and several of those tiny radioactive crystals you discovered. Uh, will that radio locator fit under your arm? Yes, I've tested it already. Yes. Good luck, Danny. I hope you're successful in apprehending the jewel thief. Thanks, Doc. That must be Mannigan calling for me. I said I'd meet him here. And hello, Doc Brandt. Is Sherlock Holmes the Garrett here? <laughs> yes, he's back here, Mannigan. Hello, Detective Mannigan. Where's your overnight bag? Well, the suitcase is out in the car. Well, if you're ready, Mike, we'll start. Well, uh, what's in your bag, Danny? Oh, a few simple necessities. Toothbrush, shaving kit, bathing suit, water wings, rubber boots, pajamas, and uh, winter overcoat. <laughs> <laughs> no umbrella. I uh, only carry that in the topic. <laughs> Come on, Mike, let's go. My nostrils crave the smell of salt in the air. Commissioner Donnelly sent you Mr. Uh, Garrett. Patrolman Dan Garrett, Mr. Halstead. Ah, uh, yes, Mr. Garrett. My partner, Officer Mannigan, is having a look around. I expect him any minute. I see. Well, I don't know whether you'll be able to discover any more than Goggins has or not. Goggins is our house detective. He was with me at Virginia Beach. Oh. I'll have you meet him. Miss Kingley, ask Mr. Goggins to step in, please. What's that? Oh, very well. Send him right in. Your partner, Officer Mannigan, is here. That's fine. You sent for me? Oh, yes, Gorgon. Come in. This is, uh, Officer Garrett from the York City Police Force on a special assignment to help us catch the jewel thief. Oh, city detective, huh? <laughs> Well, not exactly. I'm only a patrolman on special assignment by orders of the commissioner. Oh, sort of a rookie detective. Well, I never heard it put just that way, but perhaps you're right. Come in. Uh, Mr. Halstead? Oh, yes, come in. Oh, oh hello, Danny. Well, hello, Mike. This is Mr. Halstead, and this is Mr. Grogan, my partner, Officer Mannigan. Oh, hello, Mannigan. Another rookie detective? Uh, won't you sit down, Officer Mannigan? Uh, thanks. Hey, what's that crack about rookie detective? Uh, Mr. Grogan has just coined a new title, Mike. Rookie detective. Oh, <laughs> I see. Well, then maybe he's already caught the jewel thieves, and we're just wasting our time. Uh, Grogan. Yes, sir? I think you'd better get on the job. The guest will be dancing in the ballroom, and you'll have to keep a sharp lookout on the upper floor. Come in. Well? Uh, pardon me, sir, but Mrs. Thomas would like to have her jewel case for the safe. No, just a minute. Uh, she must be getting dialed up for the dance. <laughs> She'll come down looking like an old-fashioned glass chandelier. There you are, boy. And be sure to get a receipt. Uh, yes, sir. Just a moment. Uh, may I see those jewels? Certainly. Here, I'll open the case for you. Boy, there's a fortune in diamonds and pearls there. Yes. Mrs. Thomas is very wealthy. Well, this necklace I'm holding must be worth a king's ransom. Oh, it's no wonder jewel thieves like this hotel with people wearing stuff like that. That mannequin is not stuff. It's high-class good. <laughs> Here you are, Mr. Halstead. Put these back before they stick to my fingers. Here you are, boy. Take them up to Mrs. Thomas. Yes, sir. You better go along, Gargan, just to make sure the jewels reach their proper destination. Okay, I'll take care of them. I'll see you fellas around. Sure thing. We'll be around till the jewel thieves are caught. By the way, Mr. Halstead, uh, what's outside those windows? A water. The sea comes right up to the cliff. It's a sheer drop to the water below. Deep enough for a boat to navigate? Why, yes. What are you driving at? Nothing. I'm just wondering how the stolen goods could have reached the mainland. 
I understand everybody using a regular ferry was searched before going aboard after the previous robberies. Mm, that's right. I wasn't aware, though, that any of the stolen jewelry had been found. I see. Well, good night, Mr. Halstead. If Manning and I see any suspicious characters about, we'll let you know. Do that. I will be extremely grateful. After all, these robberies reflect on me. Yes, they do, Mr. Halstead. Good night.
of the Blue Beetle. Tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Danny? What, Mike? I've got me suspicions of Harston, the manager of this hotel. Sure. 
I've been putting two and two together. And what's the answer? Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach? Yes. He came here from a hotel at Virginia Beach. That's right. Recommended by the owner of the hotel he used to manage. Right again. Well, now, if he could scare people away from this hotel and drop a hint or two about the beauties of Virginia Beach, he might be able to drum up a little trade for his old boss. Good reasoning, Mike. But what about the stolen jewels? Oh, he could hide them a while and later return them to the owners. Anonymously. Anonymously. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, you may be right, Mike. Well, good night. I'll see you in the morning. Hey, you going to bed? I've got some figuring to do. Figuring? Yep. I'm going to put two and two together and see what I get. <laughs> Carrying the stolen jewels to a hideout on the mainland, and that figure stealing away. Yeah, good evening, stranger. You're for moonlight night, after storm. Yes, it is. Say, uh, can you roll a boat? Yeah, I reckon I can. Been pulling an oar now for 60 years. Roll me out to that sea plane in a hurry. I'll give you five dollars. Then to a masquerade party at the hotel. Masquerade? Yeah, see, you got on a blue suit and a mask. I kind of thought maybe. Well, I think, man, that. Got to get out that seat plane in a hurry. Oh, that that's Cyrus Worthington. I, I don't care whose plane it is. I'm going to borrow it. Say, if you're drunk, mister, it's joyriding. And if you're sober, it's thievery. I wouldn't do it if I was you, mister. You see, I'm the sheriff. Well, if you can row faster than I can swim, come and get me. <laughs> Oh, 
partner this morning, Madigan. Oh, he went ashore last night. <laughs> Walked out on you, huh? Oh, not Danny. He's working on a clue. How did he get to the mainland? Swim? Ain't no boats running. <laughs> Danny has ways of getting around. He's a smart lad, that one. Say, maybe you two ain't cops. Maybe you two are the jewel thieves. And maybe your grandmother was queen of the Eskimo. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm going ashore. What for? Why, uh, there's some equipment I want to get. Hey, go with you. No, you better stay here on guard. Danny wired me to meet him on the mainland. Oh, well, okay. Come on, then. We can just make the boat. I've got a hunch we're on the right track. Me, boy? You said a mouthful. <laughs> Chief ought to be here soon. Yeah. Uh, he sure made a haul this time. Ought to bring a hundred grand. No, no, not from a fence. No, we don't need a fence to sell them pearls and diamonds. Things, Mother, they still have necklace. You can sell them individually. Oh, that's fine. Somebody's coming. Hey, Bugsy. Yeah? It's okay, boss. How many pigeons arrived? Twenty-two. Good. Did you take the little silk bags off the lake? Sure, boss, sure. They're all here. And the jewels, too. Well, I buried the sentence back of the jump coat. Let me have the jewels and we'll scram out of here. Where are we going, boss? Rio. We're all going to have a long vacation. But not in Rio. Yes, it's up to Rio. What's the city one? I'll wrong. As long as they're cooked to be caught, the blue beetle will never die. Oh, no. We'll see if he can stand up against this. Now, Dragon, see if you can stand up against this. And this. No, Dragon, boys. Put him on the head of the camera, Monkey Lick. Oh. I ain't fighting with those ghosts. All right, boys. Raise your hands for the teacher. The car. Hello, Officer Mannequin. Just in time to arrest the jewel thieves of Channel Island. Where are they? To protect the blue people. Are his ghosts? Well, get your hands up and I'll strip the handcuffs on them. Sorry, Mannequin. But you can't handcuff a ghost. Besides, the blue beetle has other work to do. Wrong, Mannequin. I'll be hunting you. <laughs> So Dan Garrett, as the Blue Beetle, exposed a clever scheme and rounded up a gang of crooks, but let his partner, Mannigan, get credit for the job. The moral of this story is, be ever on the alert. Take things through. And when success comes, let your friends share it with you. What new adventures await the Blue Beetle in his crusade against crime? What new problems will he have to solve? These questions will be answered in the next transcribed episode of the Blue Beetle. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!